I also would like to welcome you all to Sunday service, and I'll read from Whispers from Eternity. Demand for the opening of spiritual temple doors everywhere. O Father, when I was blind, I found not a door which led to thee, but now that thou hast opened my eyes, I find doors everywhere, through the hearts of flowers, through the voice of friendship, through sweet memories of all lovely experiences. Every gust of my prayer opens a new door in the vast temple of thy presence. This is a wonderful topic, living in the presence of God. And I think really here at Ananda and throughout Ananda, everyone online, that's exactly what we're doing. We're living in the presence of God, but we need to become more and more aware of it. (laughs) And that's where I was thinking about this topic. It's living in the presence of God and practicing the presence of God to be able to live in the presence of God. So um, I I picked up... um, a book that Lakshman had given us a couple of years ago, and I think a number of other people as well. And it's a a new edition of the practice of the presence of God um, with uh, Brother Lawrence. And so the amazing thing about this book, I, I hadn't looked at it in a long time. I know about him generally, but hadn't looked at it in a long time. He was born in 1611 in France, I think in Lorraine. And uh, his, his life was not easy. Nobody's life was easy in 1611, I think. <laughs> but, I mean, it's before we even get into the beginning of Dwapara Yuga, so it's still in Kali Yuga. And uh, he had inclinations to uh, spiritual life, but he joined the army. I think probably a lot of guys did at that point because you got fed and you, you know, could fight battles and that kind of thing. But he, but unfortunately he got wounded early on. And so he had to drop being a a soldier. And then he went to being a footman. And, but always, I think in his mind, he wanted God and he didn't quite know how to go about it. And so it took him a while to get there, but he, um, he also uh, tried to be a hermit twice, and it, it just, he couldn't do it. He couldn't hold the energy. I mean, he didn't describe it in this way, and everything I say about him is going to be paraphrased. I didn't want to read about him, but, but anyway, but he couldn't do it. And so finally, I believe he might have been, I don't know, 50. He was older, and he... Um, thought that he would try to join the Carmelite Monastery in Paris. And so he did that. And uh, he said, I was a big brute of a guy, and I had a limp because of my wound. And and he said, and I broke things. And and so he said, "I, I just, you know, and I didn't really know how to do much. And so anyway, they put him in the kitchen. His comment was, that was the, the place that I would least want to be in the kitchen. Well, he was there for the rest of his life, really, and just cooking and, and serving and, and all of that. But when I was reading the first part of, of the book, 
is sayings of him. He was interviewed, I think around 1661. And the miracle is, and I was saying this to Pranava, how on earth did any of this get written down? But he lived in a Carmelite monastery. And so they were educated and some people knew how to write and all of that. But he was interviewed. And I was laughing out loud at some of the things that he said. But he said um, basically that he tried to do, because it was Catholic, and he was a lay member only. He never went beyond that, and he never wanted to. He said, no, he said, I will never be finished with the novitiate. I'll never go beyond that. I'm not smart enough, you know. But, but, and then, um, and so he went in there, and he, he did, he was serving, and he said about it that he started to um, basically practice the presence of God. And, and his way of doing that was absolutely just love. He said, I love God. And so he said, I tried to tune into, because it was Catholic, you know, the, I'm a sinner and, and heaven and hell and all of that heavy stuff. And he said, it just made me feel bad. And, and again, I'm paraphrasing this, so you can go and read about it. But he said, it, made me, it didn't work for me. And so I just continued loving God instead. And he said, that worked really well. <laughs> anyway, but it was very sweet. And he said things like, um, he said, you can go to church, but you don't need to be in church to love God. You can do that anywhere. You know, I mean, this is 1600s. So anyway, he said things like that. And what else was it he said? Um, anyway, but it was just fun. And, the, and what happened was is that his um, service was very humble, but his spiritual life was very dynamic. And oh, I know what he said. He said, when I came into the monastery, I figured I would really get I think lambasted, he didn't use that word, but really get hit with all of the bad things I've done in my life. He said instead, he said, God duped me. He came to me as love. And he said, none of that bad stuff ever came to me. <laughs> it was, but he said, God duped me. I was expecting the other. Uh, so it was just very humble, sweet, uh, just a very nice uh, thing to read, but he was, again, very dynamic in this practice of the presence of God. And he and God did everything together, and God was love. And so he loved God, and, and he said, I don't know why I'm given all these graces. He talked about it, you know, um, uh, to other, his superiors, and, and, he, and he describes in one letter all the things that he does in his life and how he goes about his life and, and his practice. And, and then he says, you know, I respect you. This was to a, probably another priest. And he said, I respect you, so please let me know if I'm doing anything wrong. And uh, it, it reminded me of the three hermits that Tolstoy wrote about, you know, who, who the, the, you know, the bishop came and, you know, said, oh, you know, the prayer you're doing, we are three, thou art three, have mercy on us. Not the right prayer, you know, so we've got to correct that. And they were 
very happy to have him there, very happy to know, know the correct prayers. And then afterwards, he was leaving the island they lived on in a boat, and he looked back, and there was this light, and it was coming toward, on top of the water toward his boat. And in the light were the three hermits. <laughs> and when they reached his boat, they said, oh, sir, we're, we're sorry. We've already forgotten the prayers you told us. Can you tell us again? And he said, no, no, it's fine. Forget it. <laughs> but, but you know, I think I was just thinking about our lives as devotees because we are extremely, we are the elect. I don't mean that in a, a prideful way but we have everything we need to do to find God. And, and so we need to live in, and it's what Master talked about. He said you need to live and be happy and smile more. And you need to just love God. And when you do that, then that will come back to you in that same way. And so thinking about that, I thought, well, there's, there's specifics that we can do. And one thing I was remembering recently, and I can't remember where I read it, but Swami Kriyananda said, he said, uh, in reference to living, practicing the presence, he said, you know, the mind just chugs along. And he said, Om Guru is the mantra to use. And, and I thought, yeah, he's always said that, you know, whenever anybody would ask him, he said, Om Guru, that's the, that's the mantra to use. But I thought, ah, Om Guru comes in, interrupts the chugging along of the mind going, oh, here and there and here and there and, you know, who knows, wandering, you know. But it interrupts that and it places us in the present moment. And you know what Master said, Yogananda said, about the present moment. He said, if you can live in the present moment, you have God. And the more that you can live in the present moment, you have God. And that's what Brother Lawrence was doing. He was living in the present moment, loving God and making his little omelets and you know, doing whatever needed to happen in the kitchen. But he was loving God, doing all of that. And so there's no, a quick fix to this. We just have to practice the presence of God. <laughs> but the more that we do that, then the more that reality and the present moment becomes our reality. And then we have God in that moment. <laughs> it's very simple. And that's what I loved reading about Brother Lawrence is that he was so simple. He said, nobody will ever give me uh, uh, vows that take me beyond the novitiate because I'll never be finished with the novitiate. <laughs> you know, that's where I am. But that, where he was, was in that novitiate, loving God. And so, anyway, it was just interesting and thinking about this time also of Christmas, which when I first came to Ananda, I thought, finally, this is what Christmas is supposed to be. And it's about inner communion, it's about loving God, it's about just everything you think it should be, the Christmas carols that are truly spiritual, not, you know, rocking around the Christmas tree or whatever, you know. It's like, 
those are it those are actually painful painful you know and so but just we have here and for those online you have there as well online is happening through ananda and so all these vibrations all these ways to do things they're available to all of us and so take them up use them really do that um The other thing I was thinking is that there's a real importance for our spiritual life immediately to do this because, again, it brings us into the present moment. We're thinking about God a lot and do. Om Guru. You know, you find you might, Om Guru, Om Guru, Om Guru. You know, I mean, it just, it changes. What I've noticed is that it just changes things, changes my consciousness brings me into the moment. So there's that personal way for each of us to be doing that. And it's quite simple. We simply have to do it and to practice. And we do it every day. Master again said, the minutes are more important than the years. And that's the minutes, the minutes that we uh, spend with God. But also um, it brings us into, because in the reading, when the king is saying, you came to me when I was hungry and when I was in prison and when I was sick, all of that. But remember, all of that, you were serving God through those people. That also has to be the reality. It isn't that you're, because many people, Christians will read that and say, oh, wow, now I know what to do. You know, I'll go out and I'll do a prison ministry or I'll, you know, feed people or whatever, which is all fine as long as you're serving God in them, not just them as, as human beings, because that's what makes, again, living in the presence of God, that's how it happens, is that we transition regularly into that. We're always more in that moment and really seeing that divine in other people and in other situations. Now for us, we have the incredible gift of Kriya Yoga. Meditation first and Kriya Yoga. Because again, to practice the two things to do, to practice to water your your spiritual life, is you practice meditation faithfully and regularly every single day, no matter what. You just do it. And, and you practice the presence of God when you're out of meditation. And that, when you do that, it starts to bring that divine presence as a reality into your life. And you find that, we all find, that we're not alone. There is a presence there that is loving, that is blissful, that is expansive and dynamic and full of light. And we feel, we begin to feel that. For me, I felt that every time I was asked to do, in the beginning, I just did stuff here. You know, I did, started the market, built a house, you know, things like that. You just put out energy. Swami would say, you can do anything. So I did anything, everything. <laughs> and it was fun. It was a lot of good way to use the energy. And I've always felt from the beginning, 
God as energy and consciousness and vibration. And Swami Kriyananda was an amazing conduit for that. Always Master coming through him to us. Wonderful. So we do that, but then we need to take that a step further as we serve and expand. It's all about expanding our awareness. We won't see those people in prison, on the street, da-da-da, whatever, unless we're, ex- we're uplifting our energy and expanding our awareness. And then we are able to serve people in that way, in the right way. In the right because it brings bliss. And it brings bliss not only to us, but to them as well. I'll tell you a little story. A friend and I were talking the other day. And uh, she had gone down to Roseville area to do some shopping. And it's Christmas time, and it's really busy. And so, you know, checking out, you're in a long line. And so she was waiting, 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 and finally got up. And this woman was checking her out. And the woman, for whatever reason, I don't remember exactly what it was, noticed that she was from Ananda and a spiritual community. Just some words were exchanged. All these people are behind waiting. You know, I mean, there's a number of people checking them out, but people are waiting, waiting. You know, my watch, you know, time. But this woman just shifted into another gear, and she she just came up real close. She said come here, I want to talk to you. This is at the checkout stand, you know. (laughs) I need to know about this more. And and I noticed your your email says expanding light. (gasps) What a wonderful email. You know, just, but just wanted to gain something from this person who in the midst of all the chaos of outer Christmas had something much more to offer. And I, I, I wanted to say that because it's like we all, each of us, have a whole lot to offer. And so we need to be ready to do that, you know, and realize we have a different vibration uh, when we meditate, when we, uh, you know, practice the presence of God. It's very apparent. We're, we're magnets. People, human beings, they're magnets. And a lot of it's up here in the in the eyes and in the, the uh, aura, but, but that we have a lot to offer people who are starving right now for help and for uh, being served by somebody who knows a little bit more than they do. But then also I thought that there's that part of it. So seeing people and whatever your work is, I remember we went to a, a hotel, and it was just a regular motel uh, in Santa Cruz area. And I always remember I would go into the breakfast room, just normal. This was not five star by any means, you know, one or two, or, you know, just very nice. But the entire breakfast area was spark- sparkling clean, and the little woman who did it every morning, it was all just full of energy. And I looked at her and I thought, wow, this is like, I mean, I've been in lots of breakfast rooms like that and it doesn't ever feel that way. But she was so, um, and she wasn't, you know, like smiling and, you know, she was just doing, going about her, her thing with a lot of nice energy. 
And I thought, what a, what a nice thing to keep in mind. It was a humble way for her to serve, but she was doing it in a really good way. I felt it anyway. Every time I thought, I want to go down for breakfast now, <laughs> you know, because it was so nice, full of energy. And so there's, there's those parts of things. But then we also, I think, in our time, and Master promised us this, that we would go through difficult times, you know, in, in this shift from Kali Yuga to Dwapara, from one kind of consciousness to another, more expansive, more energy-oriented, and that I think it's also important to see things uh, out, outside, bigger things, along in that way as well. I, I guess I'm thinking about things like climate change and politics and, I don't know, just bigger stuff that happens. And when things like that start to happen, I personally, I say, now, I say, okay, Divine Mother, what do you have? You're in charge, not me. What do you have in mind here? How can I attune to your consciousness in this time of big change that I can help people continue serving and help people in this time and not get caught up in things that are not mine to do. You know, there is dharma of all different kinds for people to do. Some people have political dharma, some people have educational dharma, you know, I mean, all different kinds. Some people have climate change dharma, you know, and they need to do that. But for us as devotees, as disciples, as Kriya bonds, many, um, we can really, I think, help our own spiritual growth and also uh, for just attitudes out in the world of how we can cooperate with what the divine is doing right now. You know, that may, sh- I'm just mentioning a few things, but that may come in a lot of different ways. I think for our own spiritual growth and our sanity in times of great upheaval, it's important to include the Divine Mother in that. At least that's how I, you can talk about God or, you know, however you want to do that. But I think of the Divine Mother because the Divine Mother is the one who's making this all happen. You know, she is the the motivating force. And so it's like, what do you have in mind here? How can I help things in, in a way, you know, just to be aware, mainly because that's, for me, that's practicing the presence of God in a, in a broader way, not just about individual people, but really trying to tune into what is going on in the world right now and not be negative about it, you know, not say, oh, this shouldn't be happening, that shouldn't be happening, you know, that kind of thing, um, but really look at we used to say a lot here, you walk into a situation, what's trying to happen here? You know, what's trying to happen here? And in the world as well. I, I wanted to, to close by reading, this is from the wonderful autobiography of a yogi calendar, where um, this was from Thanksgiving Day, and it's a, a quote of Baduri Mahashai. He lived in right around the corner from Master in Calcutta. We went and visited his house years ago. But he's, this is a quote for him. 
The divine order arranges our future more wisely than any insurance company. Baduri Mashai's concluding words were the realized creed of his faith. The world is full of uneasy believers in an outward security. Their bitter thoughts are like scars on their foreheads. The one who gave us air and milk from our first breath knows how to provide day by day for his devotees. Anyway, for all of us, just to be aware of God's presence, to really make that more and more dynamic in our own lives, because that's how we can serve other people better. And also, in our, for ourselves, realize God in this lifetime. Why not? In India there lived by the banks of a stream A hermit whose prayers chose applause for their theme He gazed at the flowers and he smiled at the sun Then he clapped with delight, Lord, he cried, oh, well done
the mountains. Peace gave us the sky. Nightly when starlight enfolds us, peace is its strong.